0: Welcome to the Lost Boys, the Found Fathers podcast. I'm Gabe O'Sullivan, and joining me is my co-host, Will Haycox. We are men who have suffered the loss of a child, and through this production, we desire to offer encouragement, strength, and hope to our fellow brothers who have traveled the same journey. Good morning, Will. Good morning, Gabe. So we're going to let Will intro us and kind of get us back on track from where we have been the past few episodes and where we're going today.
1: Sounds good. Thanks, man. Yeah, good morning, guys. We're excited to get episode 17 out here as long as our count is correct. If it's not, we apologize. We'll go and count again. It's been about a month since we've recorded again. I think that's correct. So we are just trying to to get something out to you and get rolling again. Uh, If you've listened to everything before this, you'll know where we are. But if you're just jumping back in after a long break like we've had here Kind of what we ended up last time was just talking about a quiet time, a Bible study, uh, just the importance of that and what that is. Um, I think we have some of the resources on our website or on our uh, social media about what a quiet time looks like and some of the <clears throat> the guidance that comes from our church on what a soap style Bible study is—that scripture observation, application, and prayer. We talked about our pastor who who'd written a book about how. Failing due to do a quiet time is something that can lead to a life where you feel like you're leading it on your own and you're not trusting in the Lord. And if you take care of that sin of omitting your quiet time, then it makes it easier to deal with the sins that you're committing day to day. And that's certainly been true for Gabe and I. And we just kind of finished up last time with if you truly love God more than you love other things, you'll make time for Him. And again, that might sound harsh, but that's just the way human hearts work, is you make time for the things that are important to you. So if you're if you're not in a place where <clears throat> you're having a, an intentional relationship with the Lord, then maybe you need to sit down and, and do a heart check and, and figure out why that is. So going forward here in, in episode 17, finishing this little mini-series we've started, our question here, or our topic to start with is the importance of doing a quiet time and why It's a helpful thing for you, not just in your relationship with the Lord, but in your relationship with your wife, your friends, your family, your your co-workers, and it just overall will make you an easier person to be around, a kinder person to be around, and the ultimate goal is to make you someone that's made in the image of God and that you will glorify Him with your life. So that's uh, kind of where we are. It's a quick... Simple, easy topic that I'm sure we can just breeze through in five minutes. So, no, that's a it's an important thing that we all need to take time and focus on. So, it's a uh, something that we're excited to get into here. So, just to jump right into it, we talked about the importance of quiet time last time, and the biggest thing that we just discussed is the closest to God will enrich your life and make you a new person, and that seems pretty intuitive if you think about like the people that you spend time with generally you end up becoming more like them and so having a deep relationship with God will make you more like him and will allow you to start thinking the way he thinks and eventually that will make your life easier because you realize that you're not in control and you don't have to stress yourself over the daily worries you got going on when you spend time with God and you go to trust him and you realize that he's sovereign you realize that he is not going to leave you without things you need and he'll provide for you. And, and you don't have to put so much stress on yourself as the the provider for the family, the one that has to make all the decisions, the one that, you know, you feel like you're, you're juggling 15 things to try to keep everything going and hopefully you, you have a good relationship with your wife that you're, you're balancing those responsibilities, but it's easy to feel like everything is on you. And if you take the time to get to know the Lord, and to just pour into the scripture, and to pray, and to allow yourself to dwell on who he is, then you really realize that things aren't up to you, and that if you trust him, he will guide you in those hardest decisions. So you really don't have to worry either about stepping on other people to climb to the top of the ladder at work, and that's something that you probably, if you're if you're a good Christian and you are a conscientious Christian, that's probably a tough thing because you feel like, you know, I don't want to do anything underhanded or inappropriate to get ahead, but at the same time, I need to get ahead, and where's that line? You know, I need to provide for my family, so if I'm able to get a little further ahead at work, make a little more money, maybe I can provide for my family more, and doesn't God honor that, but if you read Colossians three, twenty three and 24, it tells us, whatever you do, work heartily, as for the Lord and not for men knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. So everything you do is to serve the Lord. And if you're out there just looking for serving yourself, serving your financial interests, you're not glorifying the Lord and you're not trusting the Lord. So I think that's something that's been true in my life, Gabe, that if I'm focused on myself and I'm focused on like making more money and bringing home the bacon, you know, whatever it is, it's easier to kind of get into that cutthroat attitude or just focus on like, what can I do to make a little more money here? Can I take a side job? Can I do this? Can I do that? And you end up either having a bad attitude at work because you're so stressed out or you end up, and this is something I've been guilty of, kind of starting to say, well, if I take a little more time away from my family, I can make a little more more money here and that will help them in the long term and so maybe we could deal with suffering a little bit with our personal time now and if you have a right relationship with the Lord and you understand what Colossians 3 is trying to tell us here you can understand that you're not working for men and that includes yourself and that your reward for your work and for your trust and reliance on the Lord is the inheritance he gives us of being in heaven and spending time with him eternally and we are serving Him through what we do.
0: Yeah, so. I think those are great points. And I, you know, I think about and particularly in this situation where we're, you know, dealing with the loss of a child or, or you know, coming out of that. One of the guys' go-tos, and I know mine was, was like, okay, I've got nothing left, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm just gonna go, I'm just gonna go pull myself into work, or some mm-hmm. other guy might be like, I'm gonna pull myself into working out, or I'm gonna pull myself into something else, right? And then we we have that tendency to kind of forget about that relationship with the Lord, you know, that that's where we can really draw our strength from, that's where we can draw our significance from. Yeah, that's where we can draw our comfort from. That's where we can draw our hope from. If we try to look for those things in other in other avenues, then we become we can become disillusioned, disheartened, frustrated, uh, because all those things of the world well, they're not necessarily bad things if we let them be our priority, and they and they take precedence over God in our lives, then there becomes that <clears throat> that imbalance mm-hmm. that is not healthy. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm with you. I think, and that's where you're saying mm-hmm. is that that daily time where we get focused every morning on, okay, let's focus on some time with the Lord first that's going to help us set our priorities for the day, right? Mm-hmm. Or if you're just like, I'm not a morning person. I can't get up mm-hmm. and spend time with God in the morning. Okay, every night before you go to bed, get your heart right, get your mind right for your next day, for when mm-hmm. you go up. That way, we've got those priorities set. And, um, yeah, I think that, that makes a huge difference.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's something we kind of talked about already in this this uh, little mini-series about, like, intentionality. And that's an important mm-hmm. thing that you mentioned there. If you just wake up each day and you're reacting to everything that happens and you don't have a plan, then it's easy to stop going to the gym because you feel bad that day or to stop working hard at your job because your boss was a jerk that morning or whatever. And so even if it's not your fault that traffic's really bad and so you're going to be late for the gym and you don't have time or it's not your fault that your boss had a really bad morning that day and he jumped all over you, you're going to end up reacting to those things negatively and ultimately hurting yourself and stopping your workout routine or and not being as good of an employee as you were going to be if your boss hadn't been a jerk that morning and so if you like you said Gabe if you start each morning intentionally in a way that you're gonna spend time with the Lord you're gonna rely on him you're gonna be quiet and listen for his leading and, and what he's telling you through scripture then you can be someone that's going out with plan and certainly there'll still be bumps and and some misdirections and things that you go through each day. But if you have that plan, you can keep falling back on, then you can have a much greater chance of getting where you want to go rather than just floating around aimlessly. So we don't have to worry about, you know, being pushed off our path as far as stepping on others to climb the top of the ladder. But in the same way, we don't have to concern ourselves with becoming the most popular person in our social circle. If that's more of your, your bent is what you're, You drive your enjoyment from or like you said Gabe you know maybe that's one way of dealing with the loss of your child is just spending more time with friends and that's a good thing but Paul tells us in 1st Thessalonians 2 4 through 6 he says just as we've been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel so we speak not to please man but to please God who tests our hearts for we never came with words of flattery as you know nor with pretext for greed God is witness, nor did we seek glory from people, whether from you or from others, though we could have made demands as apostles of Christ. And this is Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy writing to the church in Thessalonica, explaining that they didn't make demands on them, but spoke kindly and honestly in them in order to please God. So that's Paul there. If, we, if anyone you think would be like the center of their social circle, and everyone's phoning all over them, and they can make demands, and they can be the cool, important person, you'd think... Paul like he was he was the Pharisee of the Pharisees he followed the law he was obviously had an incredible relationship with the Lord so he could have just sat back and been this mega pasture and you know had so much so much influence over his friends and just used that for his own good but instead of doing that he says there down at the at the end uh, we didn't seek glory from people so he was looking for glory for God not even glory from God And that's how we need to live as well, is is not trying to, whatever, build ourselves up or deal with our grief through feeling self-important because of our relationships. We need to realize that we aren't ultimately the center of attention and what's important, but God is. And that's something that, that both Gabe and I have come to deal with through the loss of our children, that it's ultimately not about us and our pain, and it's ultimately not even about our children. It's about how can we use the experiences that we went through with our children to glorify the Lord, and this podcast is an example of that, and Gabe's book is an example of that, and there's just several other things that when you focus your heart and you focus your attention on the Lord, it's easy to see positive results, where if you focus on yourself and your own glory, you might have some positive results at the beginning, but ultimately, it's going to be about you. And and I think without going into it, I think we can see that with several ministries that you have in in the Christian sphere, that things are great. They, they take off and then because one or two key people in that ministry are not really focused on the Lord, but on their own glory, things ultimately come crashing down and there's a lot of hurt that comes from that. And I
0: would say in, in that vein, you know, Just what you said a minute ago, Will, where if we look at this tragic experience of losing a kid as um, this whole thing about, you know, woe is me, why would God do this to me, why would God do this to my wife, why would God do this to my kid? Like, if we start making it real internal Mm -hmm. and don't understand that, like you said, this is not about us and this is not necessarily like some kind of punishment that we're necessarily Mm -hmm. suffering, you know, from... That this is in some way, how can how can we turn this around for good? You know, how can we make lemonade out of lemons? Mm-hmm. Like that's what these experiences can be when we go through something that is very tragic and difficult. Um, we can turn it we can turn it into something good, you know, and and that's that will bring God glory, but that'll also give us fulfillment too, you mm-hmm. know. So that way we don't just internalize this and become like this, you know, get on this pity party for the rest of our lives. Mm -hmm. You know, we're like, okay, this was awful, but how do I turn this around into something good? How do I learn from this? How do I grow from this? How do I help my wife become, you know, better through this? Mm -hmm. How do I help, you know, other guys that might suffer this later? You know, that's turning it around from being inward focused to being outward focused. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's like that, uh, I always think about uh, sports, obviously. That's one of the things that I'm passionate about. Um, even though I, my days are playing or done. I went. I had not played basketball in a year. And I went like a couple weeks ago. And I realized why I hadn't played in a year. And it was, it was so bad that like dudes were pitying me. I was like, now I was the old dude on the court. And they were like patting me on the back. They're like, oh, it's going to be okay, man. You'll probably make your next one. And I was like. Dude, I I told somebody, Mm. this is sorry, this is totally off topic, but it's kind of funny. I felt like (laughs) I was Frankenstein's monster, and that he had like sewn my hands on backwards and upside Mm. down, and maybe my feet as well. The first play of the game, I was trying to like box this dude out, and I started backing into him, and I couldn't stop backpedaling, Mm. and he like (laughs) slipped me a little bit, and I just fell on my butt the very first play of the game. 'Cause mm-hmm. I was like I hadn't back in like a year apparently. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, Okay, I'm, I've lost all muscle memory and coordination. <laughs> so I'm done. I'm gonna watch my kids play mm-hmm. and be happy with I'm gonna eat mm-hmm. popcorn now, that's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> so So anyway, back to what we were talking about here. Mm-hmm. In sports, like if we are if we're only all about ourselves, then mm-hmm. A, your teammates are just not gonna be very happy with you. So it's not you might have some success, okay. Um, we, we see that in the early uh, early stages of Kobe's life Michael Jordan's life you know even LeBron's life but as they grew as players and they became like were they very focused on themselves and their goals and their accolades and making and because and, they wanted these goals for themselves absolutely but when, when they became more team focused and figured out hey how can I make my teammates better how can I set them up for success as well you know if you're Michael Jordan back in the day and you got John Paxson on your team who's an incredible three-point shooter. Okay, how can I draw the defenders to myself and then kick the ball out to Paxton, who's going to make a three-pointer at the appropriate time, right? Like, once that started happening, what started happening with the team? Man, they started rolling. They started Mm -hmm. winning crazy numbers of championships and games and setting records and that kind of thing. So why was that again? This was because that, that person, that star player, and then I would say all the teammates there, it seems like, Became less personally focused and more outwardly focused. Okay, on how do we make our team better? How do we help the city of Chicago, you know, um, look good, win championships, you know, that kind of thing. And and life turned around and it mm-hmm. got better for them. Same thing in this situation, a tragedy like like losing a child. If we internalize it and make it all about us, and, and we and we think, you know, this is all about us, then we go down this cycle of despair, right? But if we if we take a step back and think, okay how can I use this to glorify God? How can I use this to make other people better? How can I use this to grow and, and, and then impact society in a positive manner? Man, it's just gonna have a better outcome. Mm-hmm. you know. Just mm-hmm. like at work, like you said, if you're, if you're all about yourself and your coworkers, they're gonna see through that and they're not mm-hmm. gonna be happy. If you're like, hey, how can, how can I do my job to make your job easier? How can I do my job to make this company better? Then all of a sudden you're gonna start seeing great things happen Your work experience is going to be better. You're going to start rising in ranks, you know, because people are going to see that you care more about them than you do about yourself. And that's the same way in this situation.
1: Yeah, that's, that's great. Uh, That's pretty much exactly where we're going next that, you know, focusing on having that pity party. Like you said, will just ultimately drag everybody down and it will just drag you down or keep you stuck in the same place. But when you become team oriented like that by realizing that God's in control, and your job is to glorify him and to help those around you to deal with the same pain, you have that pressure taken off of you because of the sovereignty of God and how you are secure in him as a Christian. And you know that he understands your pain and he's carrying you through it. So with that pressure off, you're able to give so much more of yourself to your wife and your children and your friends and your coworkers. And that's something that, like you said, is freeing. It's, uh, What is it? I'm probably gonna butcher this, but they say like a rising tide raises all ships or whatever. Uh, That's what came into my mind. I don't think I'm saying that right, but it's like it's clearly what you were saying. When when you're focusing on building up the team in the sports analogy, or if as a father you're focusing on building up your family, and if excuse me, if it's just you and your wife and your first child or your first several children or who you've lost that's something that you just have to focus on building up your family. And we talked about that with Mr. Grant, like a family, is not you and your wife and kids, a family is you and your wife. And you are building up. And of course, when you have kids, they're added. But I'm just saying specifically when it is just you and your wife, that's still a family. But when you're focusing on your problems, your pity party, your, your hurt to the exclusion of everyone else's, you're going to become self-centered and self-focused. But when you try to build up your family, you will not only allow your family to flourish and to be who they need to be, but you will end up dealing with your problems and and things will be easier for you than if you were just sitting around feeling bad all the time. So Ephesians 5, 25 to 30 says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way husbands should love their wives as their own bodies, he who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. That's uh, <clears throat> We could have a few episodes probably just on that passage and all the ramifications that come from it and husband wife we probably will yeah. yeah um but just specifically what we're talking about right now like says husbands love your wives as christ loved the church and christ didn't love the church enough to write her a note in the morning or to take out the trash or do a little bit like if you if you love your wife in that like Solid, but you know, kind of like when it's convenient sort of way. If if Christ had gotten to the Garden of Gethsemane and sat and thought, like the next couple days, like I'm going to be executed, I'm going to be tortured. I love the church, but I don't know. That's a lot to go through for the church. So maybe maybe I'll just go and I'll talk to Pilate, and you know, I'll I'll fall on his mercy, and I'll just say, you know what. You're right, man. I'm. I'm not gonna push this. Let's just let's let things play out. Let, I don't want to make the Jews mad, and then they'll they'll execute me here. And if that's what Christ did, and that's the example we're to follow, then sure, yeah, take out the trash, do a little bit of yard work, keep your wife off your back. But God didn't send Jesus to give a good showing and then give up when things get tough. He sent him to sanctify us, to cleanse us by the washing of water, to Cleanse us of any spot or wrinkle and make us holy and without blemish. And that's not something that he can do simply, that he did do simply. It's something that took everything from him. took that suffering, that pain, that torture, and ultimately his death and his resurrection. So we need to try to love our wives that way by just, like it says there, sacrificing ourselves for them and that's a hard certainly something that i don't do perfectly Gabe, you and your wife been married longer than my wife and i but you probably don't do it perfectly either just because we're we're humans and we are not capable of living perfectly as christ did but that's something to shoot for so like i said this the love that christ displayed to us is not a love that does enough to get by and then stops and and is lazy that's a love that wakes up Every morning seeking to find new ways to show your love and a way to care, like it says here uh, verse 28, in the same way husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. So if you you love your own body, whether you're you're working out and you're trying to build your body up or whether you are just resting because you're tired and you you love the rest and the relaxation that you get, you should love your wife that way and care for her, mentally, physically, spiritually, and do everything you can to make <clears throat> life easier for her. To show your love, uh, you know you're willing to in willing to work in order to care for her, to support her, to build her up, pray with her, listen to her, have hard, honest conversations with her about <clears throat> finances, so you can get in a better place in the future. About what you're doing in your career so that again you can have the best work-life balance and a better future you're willing to sit down and have those conversations about how you're dealing with your grief over losing your child because that's a conversation that might be and probably will be hard and uncomfortable because you may be on different pages but Christ didn't deal with us to a point that we rejected him as humans rejected him first and he was like up this is hard. I'm out. Like, no, he gave grace to Adam and Eve after they disobeyed in the garden. He brought Israel back to him when they rebelled, when they were in Egypt, when he brought them back. Like, you know, one of the first things they do is like, cool, thanks God. We're building a golden calf and we're going to worship it. Like if, if God was the kind of God and displayed the kind of love that we do as husbands, just as, as humans, we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't have the the lives that we have we wouldn't have the opportunity that we have to trust the Lord and to come to know him because he would have just walked away when things got tough like a lot of men do to their wives mm-hmm. so the kind of love that you're able to give when you're a believer seeking Christ is the love that he gives you and if you allow him to speak through you the kind of love you have is one that will continue to give even when it's hard to give and hard to love and you chase after your wife when She's going through hard times, you're going through hard times, or you're both going through hard times. And Christian love is not based on emotions, but on the love that God gives you and the covenant promise that binds you and your wife. And we talked about uh, a couple episodes ago the quote from uh, C.S. Lewis in Mere Christianity, and that quote, just in case you forgot it, uh, is, do not waste time bothering whether you love your neighbor. Act as if you did. As soon as we do this, we find one of the great secrets. When you're behaving as if you love someone, you will presently come to love him. Sure. And it's directly applicable to just put your wife in there instead of your neighbor. Like our world, I think we've talked about this before, Gabe, but our world is so focused on like my feelings and you know, you do you and all this stuff about like if you wake up in the morning and you don't feel like going to work, then just stop because it doesn't bring you joy if you're if you're working out and it's too hard or somebody your trainer is pushing you too much you don't have to do that anymore you know you do you you have your joy it's a a same token like the world is just all about this like oh we just we fell out of love you know we were it was great and we, we were high school sweethearts we've been together for 23 years but you know people change and you know life is just tough sometimes and we just fell out of love so it's okay and people like Instead of like, what, 50 years ago, 60 years ago, people would have been horrified. Like, I can't believe you'd even mention that in public. And now it's like, well, you know, I really want what's best for you. So if you think, you know, you falling out of love is something that, you know, is best for you, then sure, you probably didn't feel that love. So there's no reason to fight for it. But again, we've said here, Christ fought for the church and he suffered for us. He went through the hard times for us. So just like this quote from C.S. Lewis, when you are going through those tough days when it's hard to love your wife and you don't feel that love for your wife, and even maybe when she isn't being lovely or lovable, which will happen because you married a sinner and she did too, you need to be intentional with your love and with your sacrifice for her. So you cannot truly give up your life and be willing to sacrifice everything for your wife unless you're being filled with the Spirit of God regularly, through your own personal Bible study. And the most important reason I think to do a Bible study is to be drawn closer to the Lord. The second most important reason is to be the kind of man who can sacrifice everything for your wife and build her up and help her become who she can be if she has a husband that fights for her and sacrifices for her like like Christ did for the church.
0: Amen, dude. That's awesome. And, and that's like that last little point. Like you said, that's, how we, that's where we draw our strength is from spending that time with the Lord. Because when we read the Bible, one of the things that you keep coming back to is like this idea or this truth that even though we are sinners, Christ loved us, right? Even though we, as people, have continually walked away from him, ran away from him, even like you mentioned, set up idols in place yeah. of Him. He still has that heart for us, right? And so that's how we that's how we kind of develop that understanding of man. Okay, if this is the way God loves me. Then that's how I should love others too. Mm-hmm. And that obviously mm-hmm. is going to greatly impact our relationship with our wives, um, but also with other people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, another great, like said, a great reason for why we want to take that time to draw near to the lord and then
1: realize that he'll he'll draw near to us Mm -hmm. yeah guys thanks for joining us for this uh this little mini series here and we appreciate your time and we hope that you are taking that time to do a, a personal study of the bible and just drawing closer to the Lord, because like we said, the most important thing is that you're drawn closer to him, and when you're drawn closer to him, you're able to be the man you need to be to love your wife and your children well. So thank you for joining us. Make sure you follow Lost Boys to Found Fathers on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can check out Gabe's book at thywillbedonebook.com. Let's not be lost. Let's be found in him.